Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tip Top Tech, Episode 7. We are back after a long while. It's been crazy trying to coordinate schedules and people are moving around and getting new jobs and whatnot. But we are back with you tonight for a standard episode once again. My name is Mike. I'm Matthew. I'm Haley. Haley is, thank you, Matthew, for that. (laughs) Um, Except that you would have to do her voice for the entire time. Haley will not be joining us tonight. She is getting settled in a new apartment. She just moved recently. So um, happy new apartment to her. But starting with the articles, Matthew, what do you have this week? All right. I have an article from Gizmodo titled, uh, These academics spent the last year testing whether your phone is secretly listening to you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So smartphone paranoia has been kind of in full force. I think there's a sort of viral video recently about people testing that they're that Facebook is listening to them oh, with, yeah. and giving them targeted ads. Uh, they were talking about cat food or something. Cat food, yeah. Yeah, cat food. People have been thinking about that a lot recently, and some researchers have decided to actually test it out. Uh, so there are a few Northeastern University researchers um, who decided to look into 17,000 of the most popular Android apps, um, including Facebook's. So they tested it and um, using 10 phones, and the results were that, guess what? It is listening. It's not. It's not. But. But. But um, they, what they were looking for was unexpected media files. Um, so instead of audio, what they found was images and video. Oh, so it's scraping like soft data. Not it's not listening to you. It's paying attention to what you take pictures of. Or so what? it's uh, it was capturing screenshots and video recordings actually. Oh, what? Yeah, and um, sending it to third-party domains. Oh no. Yeah. So oh, that's <laughs> troublesome. Yeah, uh, one of the uh, the apps that they listed um, as an example was GoPuff which is um, apparently a junk food cravings app. I'm not sure what that means, uh, but it was... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah, can we talk about that for a second? What is a junk food cravings well, app? Well, sometimes you like, uh, I, I don't know, what, It just shows Cheetos. you fun pictures Okay, of... we'll, we'll look this up. Well, yeah, because I'm, I'm very curious to know, because that doesn't give you the, the satisfaction, can't possibly give you the satisfaction of, satisfaction of eating cheetos puffs or something tap to eat cheeto tap to eat well right and maybe and then it okay. makes what, what makes okay. a crunch sound it's <laughs> it's a delivery on demand oh, delivery of junk food what <laughs> i don't know why i'm surprised that that exists but oh my goodness oh hey cheetos are in their pictures and their i would hope so cheetos are like yeah. the number one junk food are they <laughs> that's totally subjective absolutely <laughs> i don't know what's more junk food like what's the first thing you think of when you think of like, junk food cheese it's cheese it's are or chips very good or I, they are good but they're still junk food uh yeah potato chips potato well, chips okay that's valid cheetos cheetos see okay <laughs> see, uh, exactly <laughs> but anyway okay so pop what, anyway, uh, GoPuff, Go Puff. the junk food cravings app, uh, they had been sending video um, that included personal information to AppSea, 
which is a uh, mobile analytics company. So people were kind of upset. It was not disclosed in the privacy policy of GoPuff. Yeah, I would imagine not. I bet they would have a hard time getting people to agree to that. So, yeah. Um, but Apsi, uh, I think they released a statement saying GoPuff uh, is in the wrong here because they should have blacklisted that certain personal information they, they were sending. Oh. So, so they're not <laughs> mad that they received the, the screenshots and videos from anybody. They're, they're saying that it's not our fault that they sent us personal information. Yeah. Ugh, that seems really yeah it's kind of weird in the bottom of the barrel here mm-hmm. for excuses as to why this is okay well that's upsetting i wonder if they have a list of all of the apps that have been doing this yeah because i'd like to list, compare this to what i have all seventeen thousand of them are you going to go through an audit and make sure that you don't have any <laughs> yes 17th that's although how many apps are on the app store is it's in the millions isn't it, it has to be i imagine so so seventeen thousand, i guess is i mean while it is a lot that's mm-hmm. a high number to me i wonder if that's really re- representative of because is that even one percent is one point seven are there seventeen thousand? are there 1.7 million apps in the store are there like 50 million apps in the store i or don't know turns out there are only three million but good try mike so well if it's the, they even, are the it, it said oh, they were the most popular okay, okay, okay. apps. Then, yeah. So then that's right. Because there are a lot of apps that are <laughs> machine, uh, like AI create apps, I imagine, and put them up <laughs> in the same way that they did with YouTube Kids. They made <laughs> Spider Man and Elsa and everybody have. Um... Anyway, so 17,000 most popular apps. They are videoing. Yeah, did it list any other ones other than Facebook? Did it say that Facebook was doing anything? Uh, it didn't say that facebook was doing anything okay um they did have um a statement or one of the researchers uh made the comments what people don't seem to understand that there's a lot of other tracking in daily life that doesn't involve your phone cameras or microphone that might give you a third party just as a comprehensive of you as you of you of you hmm right did it give examples of what that is i mean obviously uh, cctv right so if you're ever in public there are cameras there but Mm -hmm. did it talk about what else it might have meant but um it it didn't say anything else after that um but apps can track you basically whatever way that they want i feel Hmm. yeah i i don't know i wonder how if it's just the that was something because it seems like smartphones and even mobile applications, especially, you know, independently developed mobile applications are a development of the last 15 years, right? Or maybe even, yeah, 15-ish years, right? Because 10 years ago was when, uh, oh boy, this is about to make me feel real old. 10 years ago was when uh, Pappy Jump and... Um, Pappy that? Jump? Do you remember Doodle Jump by chance? Or any of the jumps? Yeah. Apps? Doodle Jumps and Pappy Jump was another one. Anyway, those are smartphone apps that were really popular um, <laughs> in school, I remember. But, um, yeah, boy, now I feel really old. Ten years ago, that's crazy. But so independently developed smartphone apps are a product of the last 15 years, say. And so 15 years ago, I mean, I know we obviously didn't have a lot of the same. 15 years ago, Facebook wasn't really on the radar. Um, I don't even know if it – I don't know when it was incepted at uh, 
what was it Harvard right yeah or, or was Harvard I think so I think so I don't so I don't know when that came about but I don't even know 15 years ago in 2003 if Facebook existed yet as a concept um, and so we you know the fact that our own our social media you know there were blogs I remember blogs were very popular in the early 2000s but other than that there was not a lot of um, media by which you could put out personal information or that you could display your either whereabouts or your you know um, habits or your interests or anything online mm-hmm. um, and if there were ways that you could do those I remember there being a very strict caution at least what I was told is that we were very strongly cautioned not to like not to use our real names not even yeah, first names I remember there's that. a whole thing about like <laughs> people can find your house and come get you which I mean admittedly is a concern with some online predators um but you know now people are putting their first middle and last names and credit card numbers social security numbers and everything i'm not really i've never seen anybody put their social security number out but um <laughs> you know they're putting like pictures of them in of people in swimsuits and and um you know d- describing in detail you know events of a night or whatever so it's what i'm trying to say is maybe we weren't considering privacy in the same way in 2003 that we are now, but then also why couldn't, I mean, this is, I guess the perpetual question, right? So I don't mean to sound dumb, but why it seems like someone should have had the forethought to say at some point in the future, it could be possible that, you know, um, just like at some point in the future, it could be possible that people can become invisible. And so I want to take precautions against there being invisible people in my house. And right now I feel like I sound insane for saying that because what a ridiculous thing that is. But at someday that might not be so insane. So, so ridiculous. But then what could I, I don't know, what could I do about keeping invisible people out? I could lock my doors and make sure that there's only a one entrance or whatever. So I see where it's a, boy, I'm rambling here. I see where it's, there's a lot of, you have to balance between like neurosis and um and and neurotic behavior mm-hmm. about tinfoil hats and everything and just letting everything fr- flow freely but it seems like we really swung to one side of that pendulum with the whole smartphone thing and so now because apps have been able to spend a lot of this these resources tracking us for so long i think now it's harder to renege that privilege and to you know to um adjust um, what's already become the norm in application development, mm-hmm. but it seems like I don't know how we how we could have let that slip for so long. If it's just the the excitement of over some novel, right? Uh, because we were so um, the whole privacy and uh, personal information, keep it safe and don't put it online. That was right. really big back then, um, and seeing how has it slipped away. Yeah. Just with Facebook and everything. I guess, yeah, social media is a big part of that maybe, right? Because you put it on social media and there's no immediate, there's typically no immediate backlash from that, right? You know, people, you aren't having people... Invade your house. Right. Right after you post something. (laughs) Exactly, right. Or, Or, you know, you're not having people... The, the vast majority, I'm not saying this doesn't happen, but the vast majority of people are not being, you know, they're not having bricks thrown in their windows after they post something about, um, you know, political whatever. And not that that's necessarily uh, um, <laughs> would be a reasonable course of action if we had privacy laws in place. But, um, you know, it, social media seems like a, a relatively tame seemed i think at the beginning 
relatively tame place to you know regurgitate (laughs) personal information (laughs) for lack of a better way to say it i think um there's kind of a clear and present danger thing that people were people thought about it back then um but that's really kind of overblown and um maybe in the present day even misguided um yeah as to where your concern should be right Hmm. that's i mean disconcerting for sure that they're stealing screenshots and and recordings um i mean i have about i maybe have 20 apps on my phone that weren't baked in to it um and admittedly some of them for example i have whatsapp which is owned by facebook so anything that Facebook is doing, WhatsApp, I imagine, is probably also doing. I also have YouTube, which I'm sure collects all kinds of analytics about me. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a it's an Android phone, and so Google collects data, you know, everywhere about me, about my habits and my clicks and my, you know, contacts. I imagine they do. At the same time, I'm only saying that they do that definitively because I can't imagine that they do, and... In my mind, anything that a corporation can do to take money, it does. Or to, to take advantage of things to get money, it mm-hmm. will do. And so I'm saying I'm saying that from a total point of ignorance or of, of you know, from with no insider knowledge at all about how um, any of those big companies collect data, really, other than what gets released in the news. So I suppose, right, like you were saying before we got in the discussion of how it happened that all apps are just tracking you any way they want to right is what it seems like yeah how did that how did we go so wrong there (laughs) (laughs) well i think it's a little scary um what permissions these apps require um that is reminding me i should go and look through (laughs) my apps uh to see what permissions these things have um because what what there's been a recent push for the ability to limit permissions correctly because before it was an all or nothing thing where you either say yes this app can have access to all of these things or if you say no you can't download it hasn't there wasn't hasn't right. that changed recently right I, i'm looking in the settings right now on my phone um and so so there's you go into settings apps app permissions and then it has body sensors calendar camera contacts location microphone phone sms storage oh boy additional permissions um <clears throat> so oh wow half, half these apps have camera permissions enabled um and then apps can just have storage permission what does that mean (laughs) which storage is it accessing who knows yeah that's a really excellent question that that one makes me the most uncomfortable (laughs) and so here's uh some of the google baked in things actually i'm looking at that exact menu that you're looking at and it says uh, so i tried to deny right now i'm trying to deny camera from one of google's apps and it mm-hmm. says, if you deny this permission, basic features of your device may no longer function as intended. Uh-huh. Um, which to me seems just like a total scare tactic about, like, you might break something if you do this. And some of the apps, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but they'll ask for permissions right away when you start it up. And yep. then if you don't enable them, it doesn't let you use the app. 
Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's uh, body sensors. See, what is body sensors? I don't know what that is, but I'm not going to give Google access to that. I, um, it's, it, you know, it's hard to know what you should and shouldn't block. Again, I, d I don't want to go too far down like a, a tinfoil hat rabbit hole, right? Of like, oh, putting, t you know, putting tape over my selfie camera because I don't want people to be able to see when I'm like where my eyeballs are looking on my screen or whatever. <laughs> Um, and I think there is some putting tape over a camera it, in particular is not a uh, is not a an overly paranoid thing to do because I know a lot of people who do that. And I've also I've heard from various sources that it's relatively easy to hack into a laptop camera, as an example. But you know, I have no idea whether that's true or not. I don't think anybody's targeting me. If they did, I don't think they would ever see anything interesting other than my double chin when I'm looking downward at my screen. But um, that's a, I, that article or that, that story is a, just a frightening confirmation of something I guess I already suspected is true. One so of the uh, tangentially related ones was um, developers or apps or developers um, getting access to read your emails in Gmail. Good. For, for what, ad targeting purposes? Or was it, I mean... For, I don't know. Um, oh, which you said they can potentially have access to it? Yeah. And I wonder if that's something I can deny. I think it's like, it'll ask you um, if you want to give it access. Like, you'll have to confirm oh. it yourself. But it is something that you can confirm, and then they can read all your emails. Wow. That's pretty disconcerting. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Well... <laughs> Moving on, I guess. Uh, that is that is fascinating for sure, but depressing in to say the very least. So moving on to something else that's also depressing is the death of net neutrality, um, which happened officially what June something June. There was a day when the net was no longer neutral. I don't remember exactly when it was, but um, <clears throat> because they, the U.S. government voted on it recently. Um, and then, yeah, that came into effect where now the Title II status has a, of the Internet has officially been revoked and companies are now allowed to um, throttle traffic and to prioritize traffic mm -hmm. um, in ways that they see fit. So this article from Ars Technica specifically discussed um, that Comcast, um, which offers Xfinity Mobile, which is a mobile service that runs on Verizon's network and is only available to... Um, Xfinity home internet subscribers is going to limit all video streaming on um, Comcast mobile plans to 480p, which is the same quality as DVDs, and limit hotspot tethering on the unlimited plan to 600 kilobits per second, which is below megabits, megabits per second, which is what internet is traditionally measured in. And we're moving even into gigabits per second now with like Google Fiber and everything. Mm -hmm. Fiber optic cables can get really fast speeds. But this is 600 kilobits per second, which is, um, for reference, half the speed of a T1 line. Um, if anybody still knows what that is, that's about 1.5 megs, um, less than half the speed then. But so it's um, full. Their Comcast is now going to be limiting um, video streaming in particular on their uh, on their platform, which is something that was sort of a gray area before um but it's it's generally that it was generally true before that specific types of traffic could not be throttled it was so there were before there were things in place where 
for example, if your family used or if somebody used over some people with um, quote unquote unlimited plans, if they used over, I don't know, 20 or 25 gigabytes of data, uh-huh. their speeds would be throttled all around so that none of their data would be above whatever. And that's still true here as well. Um, uh, according to this article, the unlimited plan already caps full speed data at 20 gigabytes per month, um, at which point it is then throttled to 1.5 megabits down and 750 kilobits upload. Um but that's after 20 gigs. That's a pretty significant amount. Um, the I guess the this is not shocking or surprising. It's more just um, a you know a harbinger of what's to come. If anything, um, it seems like right now the Comcast Mo- or Xfinity Mobile claims a pretty small market share compared to everybody that's on AT&T, Verizon, mm-hmm. Sprint. You know, I, I, have, I don't think I've even heard of them. Yeah, no, I haven't either. I didn't even know that Xfinity offered a mobile service. Um, I'm not totally sure when they started doing that, but they um, it seems like a pretty small you know, market share right now, but I think it could definitely grow, um, which is... Or, well, ex- excuse me. It seems like a pretty small market share right now, but I think that the fact that this small company is starting to do it means mm-hmm. that the big ones are going to follow suit soon. So yeah, Verizon's going to start doing it in AT&T, which is exactly what repealing net neutrality, again, it's not a surprise. This right. is exactly there, there's what There's nothing stopping them. <laughs> right, no. So now that the Title II status has been revoked, um, yeah, there's nothing stopping them regulate from a regulatory standpoint. And obviously, um, you know, big, big companies have very few moral standards um, except for getting as much money as they can. Um, it is worth noting that before throttling was already happening um, under something called reasonable network management. Um, it's a clause called reasonable network, man- network management, which says, according to Engadget, um, which pulled this quote from somewhere that I can't quite see where it is, but uh, quote, a network management practice is reasonable if it is appropriate and tailored to achieving a legitimate network management purpose taking into account the particular network architecture and technology of the broadband internet access service. So I think what that means is if, um, you know, like in a city center, one particular uh, uh, cell tower is being overloaded, then I think they could limit, you know, to protect, my guess is, this is totally uh, speculative, my guess is that they could limit traffic on that to avoid damaging of hardware if something were really extreme. Or they could, you know, if... if, um, they could maybe reprioritize emergency calls. They could put mm-hmm. emergency traffic. They could prioritize that higher than because that falls within reasonable network management. But now that clause has gone out the window because you can just do whatever you want because it's now uh, it's no longer a public utility. It's now you can it's just uh, open season, open internet season. So, well, I applaud Xfinity for their innovation here. <laughs> 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 for boldly going where no one has yet gone but everybody is soon to follow um i don't know i mean you're on another smaller network right cricket yeah, yeah. so it's but they're all sort of just subsidiaries well i shouldn't say they're subsidiaries they all run on the big networks anyway um i did note that this article said that um verizon offered network limiting capabilities to its resellers um, so this is something that Xfinity is just choosing to enact um, because Xfinity doesn't actually control Verizon's network. Mm. Xfinity, right, it piggybacks on it, and so it doesn't have administrative access to that kind of stuff. But Verizon does offer, apparently, um, those services to its resellers. Um, and the, the real stinger about this was that um, 
Comcast put out this information in an email to everybody, an email with a subject line that was like changes in video streaming and hotspot speeds or something. You're going to love this. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, but so the thing was they said they tried to spin this at the very end and I can just, I can hear the HR or the, the board meeting happening right now or the HR rep is like, <laughs> no, we got this. Trust us. They said, um, they said that um, limiting speeds will help unlimited customers stay under full stay under the full speed threshold and will save money for those people that pay per gigabyte. Oh, so this is the other thing. Um, if you don't want to, or if you have the unlimited plan, then you get throttled um, and your hotspot is only or is limited to 600 kilobits per second. Um, I'll say 0.6 megs because that's a little easier to understand or to put in perspective. Um, but the if you want to do not an unlimited plan actually it wasn't totally clear on this but you can pay $12 per gigabyte for full speed streaming um and so if you want to you know if you want to use only one or two gigabytes per month you can just pay $24 and get full speed for those instead of being limited hmm. but if you're someone who uses um you know mobile hotspot regularly then that can add up really fast and so if you're all if you're using you know five gigs of data that's 60 bucks it's an extra 60 bucks a month for one person you know or for one gigabyte if you're at i don't know if you can add it to a family plan or what the deal is exactly there but uh, it's basically not a very economical way to go about it and it seems like something that might be beneficial for business customers where the company's paying for and it doesn't matter they just need the person to have unlimited streaming all the time it also seems to me like business customers wouldn't use xfinity they would use verizon or something else you know <laughs> one of the other big networks but I, I just am sitting here waiting for the day that that starts happening to, to other networks, too. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah, I know. I'm the opposite of excited. But Xfinity is the one that has taken the plunge into it uh, most publicly thus far. DVD quality all the time. DVD quality. Yeah, so I didn't know that. I didn't know that uh, DVDs were 480p. Because I remember, I feel like DVDs were always relatively... Um, Maybe it's just the pixel density on, on the screens that I'm watching it on has been low enough that it doesn't matter. But the uh, unlike my TV and stuff, I remember watching Lord of the Rings. In that was one of the first, not one of the first, but that was, I think when we got our new TV. Oh no, that was one of the first video DVDs I watched because that was right when we got our DVD player. Was when uh, Lord of the Rings was coming out on DVD, mm -hmm. so I watched that and I thought it was pretty solid. It's also in like 2004, so <laughs> things have changed a lot since then. If you have comments, let us know at twitter.com slash tiptoptechcast. Um, no, we, our Twitter is dead. But if someone wants to do it, they're more than welcome. Let your representatives know. Yeah, for real. I don't know. Say something that isn't just on social media. Don't just be mad at people on social media. Don't just talk about it. Like write to your congressman or senator or, or just vote for people who you want to be in the office. That's the big thing with what, what do we have, 54% voter turnout or something in the in the 2016 election? I don't know. Um, I, that, I may have pulled that number out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah, we had really low voter turnout. So just vote for people who you want to be in office, who you think care for your well-being and, and the continuation of the, up, you know, upholding public utilities, which vote the internet is, is a public utility. If you think Matthew has the right stuff, then vote for Matthew. Yes, you do think that. Cool. Good work. Subversion. <laughs> it took us a good 15 minutes to figure out a philosophy question, so we're just going to skip that part and bring it back in toward the end. Also in negative space force, because we, we have to balance out the space force. How, what exactly does that mean? How is that... <laughs> 
manifested. In, we'll we'll have a, a, a ground number. force to. Uh, we have five ground forces at the moment. <laughs> well, we'll have a new ground force to uh, shoot the space force out of the sky. Why? What? Why? Why are we creating internal conflict? Why are we this creating is, a space force? This is not the right topic to talk about. <laughs> clearly, okay. <laughs> After much deliberation um, and considerable uh, discourse, we have come to the conclusion that our philosophy question this week is going to be how you know when to move on from a job. Stems from right now, the job that I'm in has provided me a lot of questions about whether I like what I'm doing and whether I am um, into the company that I'm working for and whether this is really work that's rewarding for me or not. Um, and so I'm thinking about whether I want to consider moving jobs or not um, and and what it means to consider that and and trying to nail down um, exactly what it is that made me start thinking about this in the first place. Um, so, Matthew, do you have any ideas? Otherwise, I can um, what I have. As to why you should leave not me job. personally i, I mean like why is why someone a job. yeah that's what i meant yeah uh, or or are you thinking about i a i job? am also thinking about okay cool so job. so what then what first um inspired you to start thinking about that maybe you don't want to be at this job anymore um other people leaving <laughs> really okay yeah yeah that's uh definitely a concern for me as well other people leaving what about i mean so how about the work I mean, team, obviously, well, I mean, without skipping over that, teams are a huge part of, of working in a group, right? If you right. want to work totally alone, you know, and not with anybody, then you can become some either like an entrepreneur or, you know, self-employed making something or creating or servicing or whatever. Um, whatever that is, there are options to work not on a team if that's something that you're into. But I think both of us are interested in working on teams. Um, we even worked on teams together in college. That was... <laughs> interesting matthew did all of the work and i did none of it um but we pick it up michael yeah no i do need to do that um <laughs> but thanks for not coming to my defense there um <laughs> but anyway teams are a huge part of it obviously but um i don't do you do you enjoy the work that you're doing do you day-to-day -day like going into work to do the work that you're doing because you you do programming um, but are the projects interesting i mean are you do you feel like what you're doing is challenging in the right ways is it rewarding Right. Um, well, a lot of the work that I do um, is not programming. Um, oh, really? If you don't program for a living, you might not know it. Uh, but I'm not sitting typing code away 24-7. Uh, do you do, like, debugging mostly or it's, migrations? Not even debugging. It's uh, trying to figure out what uh, I should do next. Um, like, how oh. what, what sort of data this needs to pull... Mm -hmm. um <clears throat> trying to figure out what the application should do because people don't like writing requirements <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh yeah so th those are some of the things that happen at my job um do you think that's more prevalent at this job than at other job, other programming jobs you could be at? Right. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely more prevalent at the one I'm at now. Okay. And, and I, I know it's, like, still going to happen at other jobs. Right. Of course. Yeah, um, it's inevitable. But uh, I'm doing a lot of things that aren't all that interesting Okay. a lot of the time. 
that touches on something that I was, uh, that I've come to realize, which is that the work that I do is not challenging in the ways that I wish it were. Um, it is challenging in some ways in that I have to, um, you know, I spend days trying to find the best way to prioritize my time, um, which is important, but not particularly fun to me. Um, you know, I'm challenged in that I feel like I'm constantly kind of on display for a lot of people and that I have to prove my worth every day, which is really valuable and I think is really um, helping me gain a lot of skills, but it's pretty stressful. Um, and it's not challenging me in ways that like, I really need to think critically about something or I need to, you know, sit down and I just have time to sit down and assess a problem from kind of from start to finish and to walk through the logical steps of how I can approach it and what the potential solutions are, which is a part of what I really liked studying computer science was that I had the opportunity to sit down and I had the entire problem laid out for me. It said, you need to write code in this language or, you know, build this framework that does XYZ and it needs to, it needs to put out, it needs to take in these inputs and it needs to put out this result or it needs to be modular in this way. And I could sit there and I could, you know, I could digest that whole entire problem right away. And then I could spend time thinking about, Here's how I'm going to step from A to B to C to get all the way to, you know, K or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but in this job, a lot of what I have to do is much more on the fly, which is like, well, I have, you know, these um, four different people um, at two different organizations that all need things that they all claim are priority. And so what I have to figure out is I have to try to make my best judgment for where is my time going to be best spent? How can I most efficiently attack these, you know, and how can I and a part of that is really rewarding because then I get to go do it and I get to enact that. Um, you know, and that's, that is challenging to try to figure out the best way to do something, but it's also, um, you know, not quite as enjoyable for me, um, in the way that, in the way that sitting down to solve a problem like that is. And obviously, you know, doing a computer science program is a very controlled, or excuse me, uh, assignment is a very controlled environment and very inorganic one. You know, it's pretty rare that someone gives you all of the definitions for a problem right away uh -huh. and then just tells you to go figure it out and, um, so I understand that, but but I don't even really get to in, in, enact that type of thinking um, in the job that I'm at right now, um, in the position that I'm at right now. Maybe maybe later on, once I moved on, things would change, or maybe at a different position in the company. But you brought up the word challenge, and I don't remember exactly in what context. But that's one of the things that I have found um, that's sort of signaled that maybe it'd be time to look for another job. Is that um, I'm looking for something that's challenging in ways that this job is not. Mm -hmm. But so we have people and then the work that you're doing. Um, I don't know. I mean, as far as the company and the culture, do you feel like this is somewhere you could, you know, all other things, hypothetically, if you really liked the work you were doing and you were with um, a good immediate team, do you think that the company you're at is somewhere you would like to stay? Or is that, you know, do you want to go work for a different company or for a different type of company? Maybe you want to go try a startup or maybe you want to do like a big Silicon Valley firm or something. I mean, is it, <clears throat> does it match your ideas for culture? Um, Corporate culture? I, I'm not really sure what I want, uh, but I am... There. definitely interested in looking at smaller smaller companies now okay um after being at big company yeah right um, how many people are in your division ish like do what you do i it's generally really kind of hard to say okay I, I think there's maybe like 60 okay in all of it or 70 gotcha. um but i i don't know there there's like offshore contractors and right 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 okay gotcha 
So you would want to move to somewhere, what, that's more like 15 where, or 20 people? Yeah, or? like maybe, um, especially a place where um, all of the people at the company are actually in oh, the, the location. Oh, the same office, yeah. I meant 15 or 20 people total, not in IT. <clears throat> yeah, um, 15 or 20 total. Um, or I, I mean, that's just not I, I don't know. Like, have to be that. And you don't have to know either. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that you have to have a, a really exact idea right now. Yeah. Um, so the but culture can be another um, aspect that's telling of when it's time to move on to a new job. You know, if you find that your superiors are, you know, the leadership in the company is not going the direction that you want to go, or you find that there's unhealthy competition, or you find that there's some kind of, you know, underlying motivation that you don't agree with or whatever, um, mm-hmm. then I think that can be really, or if it's just like, you know, some people feel really strongly that, um, that men get paternity leave just as much as women get maternity leave. So at the company I'm at, there's equal for both, both men and women. I get, it's, I think it's like seven weeks off or something that they can take over the next year, um, in any chunks that they want, um, which is really cool. That's an awesome benefit. And I'm super supportive of that. Um, and so culturally, I think the company that I work for is, is pretty, um, upstanding. Yeah, um, that my company, it's my team's um, gone through some major changes too with uh, three people leaving since I've been there. Um, two of the guys were around my age um, and one of the guys, he was kind of my mentor and the lead engineer and he was the person that I really, really liked at the company. But um, now that he's gone, yeah. Yeah. It's not that, I mean, and it, you don't necessarily have to dislike the people that you're working with because it mm-hmm. sounds like you're you're in an okay environment. Or Most, mostly. Mostly. Okay, yeah. So I, I mean, now there's there's kind of barely anyone on the team. There's my direct manager. There's um, another engineer. Uh, there's someone who I really haven't been working with closely who came in recently and... Uh, well, there's an intern too. Oh yeah, we have an intern as well. <laughs> Actually, our intern's pretty cool. I'm happy with him. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that it just the dynamic can totally change, and that affects the work that everybody's able to do, and the you know the product of the quality, or the excuse me, the quality of the product that you're making, and it affects that whole process. So, um, so right. people are a huge, you know, obviously a huge part. But I think there, are, you know, there are a lot of factors that play in, and as far as looking for a new job, it's important to know my opinion is that it's important to know what you are looking for rather than just saying, Oh, I, you know, I'm having a hard time with this and, you know, I'm struggling with this and I dislike this. It's important to know, well, I would like it if blah, because then, you know, then you know what you can look for and what, you know, what parts of a job you do want to point out. And also though, acknowledging what parts you dislike, say maybe the part that I dislike most strongly is that I, you know, am, um, this isn't true for me, but like if I'm on call every fifth week or something, um, mm-hmm. I'd really dislike being on call every fifth week. I'd re- I'd rather either get paid more and be there all the time or just not have to do that. So then, you know, you can look for it. And if you find a position that has a lot of things that you like, but the number one thing that you disliked was that you're on call and that new position includes you being on call, you have to take into consideration how much that's going to be a factor. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a variety of things, but for me, the people is the biggest one anyway. So moving on to our entertainment section, which is hopefully going to be a little bit more upbeat. Um, Matthew, what is a piece of entertainment, whether it's a book or a movie or a TV show or a CD or a game or 
whatever that you have consumed recently and what do you think about it and why has it been notable? Well, mm, or if you don't have anything, have you seen the documentary on uh, Space Force 2? Oh my goodness, Matthew. (laughs) That's only funny to me because I cut that part out of the podcast. Okay, um, well... Uh, I can start if you want. Okay. So I just recently got my computer that I built like eight months ago. Shout out to anybody who remembers that. Um, me talking about building my computer. I finished it about four months ago and just finally got it done. Good job. Uh, set up, rather. Um, it was just sitting in my basement for a long time. It's in a very expensive shelf. And I bought a game called Astroneer. Um, I don't know if you've heard anything about it, Matthew. I have heard about it. Um, it's like a, I don't, it's, it's, it's sort of a, it's like an open world exploration game, kind of, um, where you're, you're an astronaut and you're an astroneer rather, and you, um, get placed on a, a, what I assume is a procedurally generated planet. Mm -hmm. Um, and you go around and you have a couple of tools with you and you like, um, you mine, you, uh, uh, gather Drill. resources collect collect yeah right resources from that exist on that world and then you with those resources you build things that help you so is it like a survival type game there's or... no there's no survival aspect well i mean a little bit but there's no like hunger meters or thirst meters or anything is it like a to worry about... survival is Sur-thri- that, is that... <laughs> I, I just made that up <laughs> but i i it kind of like fits minecraft you know like yeah it's Sir Thrival, where you're just yeah I you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna brand it as that it's a Sir Thrival game where I mean there are ways that you can get hurt and if you but the thing is if you die you just come back you spawn uh-huh. back at the base station without any of the stuff that you happen to be carrying that time which you at least the point that I'm at you can't carry very much anyway so it's really not the end of the world I also haven't died yet um, but you yeah so your space and you build. Um, uh, one of the cool things is you can research, uh, you can build like research stations where you research foreign objects that you find. And they're these really fun textured, um, some of them are like balls and some of them are cubes and whatever. They're all the same size. They're all about the size of like your torso and you find them in the world and you pick them up and carry them back over. And there's some of them are, yeah, like spiky. They're just like platonic solids. Uh, I mean, they're not like. You don't ever see like a cone or okay. like a you know a like a soccer ball shape, but they're they're typically either spheres or cubes of some kind. Okay, um, so platonic solids. <laughs> but they're well, but they're textured. I mean, so it's not okay. It's not just like hard edges on a cube for the okay, most part. Um, I see. Some of them are and some of them aren't, but like some of the balls have spikes on them, um, and some of the cubes have like bumps growing on the side or whatever. Ooh, so it, it's not, yeah, it is kind of weird actually. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, one, that's one of the cool mechanics that I like is that you can find these foreign objects, but then you build stuff to research them, and they give you more stuff. So it's sort of a, yeah, it's a Minecraft esque, in the sense that you go and you build stuff to help you go get more stuff to build more stuff to get mm-hmm. more stuff um right. there's no like real objective <clears throat> i think it's more fun to play with people um i haven't really had the chance to do that yet but i've seen some people online play it with people and it seems like they have a lot of fun so that's been really cool it's so pretty it's so so pretty to me because i love um your gun is like an ex your quote-unquote gun is like an excavator gun and so you can dig out parts of earth and that's how you get uh, materials as you dig out the earth underneath them and then they come to you and they make this really satisfying pop noise. Um, 
So it's not like a Space Force gun. It's like a digging oh, gun. <laughs> over Space Force, Matthew. Um, although, watch me just eat crow in, in 20 years when we have a Space Force, and you're going to have... It's going to be called Space Force 2. Anyway, um, <laughs> I hope not for both of our sakes. Um, you can either um, break uh, like break down and dig in, or you can build up um, ground with soil that you've collected from other ground that you've dug out. Oh. Um but the way the mecha- the building mechanic works is that it's every th- the whole like ground area is all this kind of low poly dirt and uh, like mounds and some some of them are kind of mountains ish but it's all this low poly. Mm-hmm. Um, but your character is very sharp and has very like well defined shape and all of the like the things you interact so like the trees uh, or the the plant life or whatever and like the, the the little habitat and the research stations and everything those are all very well defined but it's in this low poly environment. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely am such a sucker for low poly art. <laughs> I just, it's so satisfying to me. And it's got nice calm music and it's like pretty pop colors and it's got an interesting day night cycle. Um, so I would, it's, um, it was on sale for the steam summer sale. So I got it for relatively cheap. I think it was like $7 or something. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. So that's cool. been, that's been my thing recently. Um, is I just got my computer set up. I was playing Astro near about the space force <laughs> yep mm-hmm. so matthew <laughs> how about yours okay well um i have recently watched uh steven universe oh okay. all of it i i hadn't been watching it but then i just watched all of it recently again did you watch well no i, I hadn't oh, okay. watched it before uh, oh so you've it, never seen it oh, okay yeah gotcha yeah and it is very good is um, it yeah, I just it's I don't know. I have a thing. Oh, well, this is your segment, though, so I'll let you talk about it. Well, let, let me hear your thing. Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just you know, we had a roommate in college that watched it. Um, yeah. And he was just gung ho about it. He like couldn't get over how great it was, which, to be fair, he just said the same thing about Ruby. And then I watched Ru- and I hated Ruby at the time. I was such a Steven huge Universe is much better than Ruby. I can guarantee that. Really? Better yes. than OK. A- absolutely. That's valid. Actually, Ruby is there are certain things that are not very high quality but um okay that's interesting i guess i could never get over the fact that it seemed like it seemed very childish to me in the same way that ruby seemed very childish because i thought it was just like squirrely girls until i learned that that's only (laughs) ruby that is that way and the rest of the characters are all have normal voices but just the fact that steven isn't he made out to be like 12 years old or something yeah yeah, I, so, I think so. So seventh grade, I mean, middle school, I, I no longer identify with middle schoolers. On like right. Regular, I, not that I need to identify with all, all characters. But anyway, that's why it just, it sort of has pushed me away because of that aesthetic. The fact that it's a child going through something. But anyway, mm-hmm. you watched and you said it was really good. Yeah. Um, so how long how is the series? It is, um, we're in season five right now. Oh, it's still airing. Okay. Yep. And there's um, like 20 episodes per season, or 24, 23, and 10 minute episodes actually, which oh, is kind of okay. that's a bit more digestible. Yeah, I figured they were gonna be 20 minute, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So what is it? Where does it show? Is it on TV right now? Yeah, it is. What kind of so did they what? show two episodes in a 30 minute block? I or how does I don't I'm, really I'm know what they do. Hmm. I guess you probably yeah, don't don't watch it live because it's way right. better to binge TV shows that don't have ads and that have the next episode immediately available. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. 
what is i mean is it a compelling story or is it the art that you like or is it the voice acting that's good or um i i think it's the characters okay. um they're kind of believable characters once you get past the um <laughs> lesbian space rock <laughs> part of it uh okay <laughs> but okay. they like like they have real real problems um hmm. and real emotions yeah they're they're just really believable characters gotcha and they go through compelling arc compelling story arcs then yeah real development okay that makes sense and i respect that they're kind of silly because it's a cartoon it's a cartoon yeah 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 of course but i'm definitely gonna title this episode lesbian space rock (laughs) that's very funny to me okay cool so how is that how are you watching it is it on youtube or is it is it available uh, no comment. No comment. Gotcha. Okay, <laughs> we can get that part out of here. Um, cool. Well, I think that'll do it. So thank you everybody for joining us tonight. Um, thank you to Matthew and would be thank you to Haley, but she's not with us. So thanks, and Haley. Find us um, on Twitter at tiptop twitter.com/tiptoptechcast. And listen to us anywhere you can find podcasts except for Spotify. We're not on Spotify, but everywhere else because we're on Google and um, Apple Podcasts and all the good stuff. So thank you, everybody, and I hope you have a wonderful whatever part of it is for you. I hope so, too. Bye. Goodbye.